and welcome to Sounds Of, a podcast created by Drum and Brass, with the support of the National Lottery and Leicestershire County Council, in which we explore the impact of music on our lives. In today's episode, we hear Drum and Brass director Julie Hoggarth talking to Pritam Singh. We'd like to introduce you to our latest project, Praband, supported by the National Lottery Fund. It's a research project on the root of Indian classical music and led by Pritam Singh, who is a global name in music. This is our second project with Pritam and an absolute honour to have his expertise and guidance. The project team also consists of Harry Trevedi and Julie Hoggarth. We'd love you to get involved with the project, so if you feel inspired to join in after you've heard this conversation, please get in touch. Really lovely to see you this afternoon, Pritam. We've worked together a few times over the last few years, and it's a great pleasure to have you working with us on this Proband Heritage Lottery funded project, which we're going to explore today in a little bit more detail. And you are something of um, an expert in Indian classical music. And I'd like to invite you, please, to sort of talk about your involvement in Indian classical music and music in general to kick us off. Well, it's a pleasure to be working with uh, John Brass again. And uh, it's a really exciting project for Brand. It's um, exciting in that it's kind of looking at what the roots of Indian classical music is today and my connection with music began from my earliest memories uh, I mean we used to go to the temple the local temple here in Birmingham um, every Sunday and uh, I used to watch those music being played so I used to watch the uh, musicians play I couldn't understand anything at that time I was maybe three or four or five and um, but it's that's where my initial sort of interest in music began and um, my brother started learning the tabla first, and so that was the first instrument in our home. And I used to watch him, and when he was out or at work, I'd jump on the tabla and start banging it, you know. And uh, and obviously he got to hear about it, and then he started showing me how to position my hands, and and then he took me to the class, which is at the annex local annex here, and um, I was maybe five or six. And he told the teacher, you know, it was adult education classes. And he told the teacher that, you know, this kid, uh, he's always jumping on the blah, and maybe you could hear him play. And by that time, I could play one or two beats or something. And I played in the class and they were all grown up. So I was really shy, really scared. But I, I played and the teacher saw something and said, well, you know what? I think we should enroll him in the classes here. I know he's not an adult, but we could talk to the manager and maybe, you know, change his date of birth and, and, enrolling in the classes and that's what they did Amazing. so I joined the classes when I was about just six or seven and, An adult uh, ed class that must have been was that for a shy person that must have been quite scary absolutely yeah and, and all the guys there you know they were very welcoming and very kind to me and very welcoming but um it was scary and you know for a little kid but uh yeah. I kind of got on and I used to get my lessons right so that was encouraging and I was encouraged by the teacher a lot Ajinda Mataru and um, so that's how my initial sort of starting in Dabla began and then later I took up 
vocal singing, uh, learning singing, classical compositions, and uh, and that just progressed. And then at the age of 13, I became a disciple of Sri Ajit Singh Mutlashiji, a for you know a, a phenomenal uh, master. And uh, and that just progressed, and then I got to play with a lot of bands, and then moved on to the classical circuit with Shalil Shankar, who was a disciple of uh, Ravi Shankar, Pandit Ravi Shankar, and um, and that's how it just grew. And then for the last ten years, I've been learning from the foremost, you know, classical tabla player, Pandit Anindo Chatterjee, and that's kind of just progressed. Some uh, and vocals from uh, Kankana Banerjee, who's a foremost disciple of. Uh, Ustad Amir Khan Sahib. So, I mean, I, I'm very fortunate to be learning from the greatest masters alive today. Maybe we'll ask you to give us some links to those um, those teachers as well, so that people can check them out um, and find out a little bit more for themselves what kind of music you're playing. Yeah, I'm. I'm in, all over YouTube, <laughs> and uh, uh, and in the Chatterjee is uh, one of the greatest tabla players alive today, and who toured with uh, Nikhil Banerjee. Can't possibly be faster than you. I've seen you play and you can't see your fingers moving. Oh my gosh. No, I've no, never no. seen anything like it. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm, he'd be shocked to hear that because no, no, he's incredible. I mean, he's really <sighs> incredible. And Kankana Banerjee, the vocalist, we're very fortunate to have her on this Prabhanda project actually, because she's very. I've played with her many times. Uh, accompanied her on tabla with uh, many concerts and she's a good friend close friend and uh, she's part of this project for one project so she'll be that is expertise just brilliant the, the, i think the virtuosity that is pursued by um indian classical players mm -hmm. is quite astounding there's no room for fluffing or an amateur approach is there <laughs> well there's no hiding you know, it's 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 for real. Yeah, I mean, you can tell someone who's kind of just learned from listening to cassettes or watched videos, and from someone who's actually learned from a master. There's a huge, you know, world of differences uh, from the approach, from the the mannerisms to the to the playing, uh, and uh, just the, the the musical thinking behind what you're doing to understand. You know, it's music. I mean, tabla playing. There's a real grammar behind what you do, um, the progression uh, and the development of what you what you're playing, and it it just can't be picked up or you know just made up. Mm. It has to be learned. Mm. And is it always an oral um, passing on of the of the expertise? Well, it was up until uh, the beginning of the. 20th century when uh, music was being transformed into sort of written music. It is an oral tradition uh, for two reasons, actually. One, the, the musicians who wanted to learn music were illiterate, but also it wasn't in a written form because no one wanted anyone to steal their material, you know, or take their material or find their material. So it was an oral tradition that you had to go to a master to learn uh, and spend time with them for years, you know, to learn the music and, and learning orally. And, and that's still the true learning method today from the, from the, from the masters. I mean, even my teacher, when I go, I don't really, I don't have any books um, with all my lessons in. I really don't. 
everything's memorized and um, it's just the way I've learned. But for my students and, uh, and currently, you know, with the with the, all these digital devices that are available to us, mm-hmm. so to save time, we are asked to record lessons or we can record lessons on the phone or iPads or whatever device uh, and then write them down later. I mean, of course, there is a written method, uh, but the best way to learn is orally and memorize everything you learn. And that way you'll never forget the lessons. I can pick up a lesson I learned maybe 30 years ago. If someone mentioned the first line, I'd pick it up. But if I had it written, I'd have to look in my book, which is what my students do. And it's really annoying. <laughs> <laughs> it's fascinating because it is, it's a very different way of um, coming up music to the, the Western tradition, I think. Would you say that this is kind of almost jumping to the end, the last question now, but would you say that it, it comes from a, a spiritual place, Indian music? Well, I, I think all music really comes from a spiritual background. Um, and yes, music in the early days was very much spiritually rooted. And I'd like to go into the, the Praban project you, you mentioned in the first question and how that came about. It was actually, you know, Indian classical music was one uh, and which was rooted in spirituality, but it sort of got divided into two from Hindustani Sangeet, which is the North Indian classical tradition, and Carnatic music, which is, or Carnatic Sangeet, which is the South Indian uh, classical music tradition. That came about around the 11th century when the Mughal rule came into India and, uh, and sort of they ruled more of the northern part from Delhi north. So the south remained pure in that, res- in that respect, that they continued their music. But the north uh, were influenced by diverting the spirituality and the uh, uh, aspect of music into more entertainment and developed and, and sort of diverted into different strands and different styles of music and different instrumentation. So the idea of Prabhant, um, Hari uh, is a founder member of Drum and Brass. Yes. Um, and uh, he's a student of mine from, from the last, I don't know, seven years or something, six, seven years. And we were speaking about doing some project about the history of music and he sent me an email saying um well i have this idea of trying to discover lost music of india or something like that title he gave it and i thought well that doesn't really hit any aspect of indian music i mean it's all lost in the past so where do we start from because it's so vast so I came, you know, having done sort of um, uh, a master's in, in Indian classical music, I thought, well, I've always wanted to know about what came before Drupad. Everyone kind of knows about Drupad music, which is a very majestic style of vocal, um, systematic, and there's a particular sort of methodology behind it, where the development of it. And I just wanted to know what came before that. And that's where Prabandh came in. And um, I initially thought that Praband was from around the 16th century. And it belonged primarily to the North Indian tradition because it's a form of Drupad. But actually what I discovered was uh, Praband existed from around the fifth century. 
so which is really fascinating and um that's a new development since we started yes. the whole project yeah because we yeah. were we were originally thinking to compare the two weren't we with the indian and the the western western yeah. styles at that 16th century point that's really interesting so the the research is already taking shape yeah and actually um a very prominent writer sharangdev from the 5th century wrote about it in his book and mentioned prabandh uh, and of course it developed further from that and took many different forms but it started much earlier and so that's how the prabandh sort of project I, I we spoke about it and said you know this looks really fascinating and uh and that's how the prabandh idea came about so what form is is the project going to take so what it is is actually prabandh you could say is the sort of ancestral history of what we of the music that's being played today so it's kind of looking back at your ancestors you know in a, in a family tree and seeing how this generation came about so and that's really what prabandh is because uh, prabandh is the ancestral sort of music of what we're hearing today and of course it took different forms um and different styles and then the trends split between the north and the south and took different shapes and i initially thought it was just the north but actually no it, it belongs to both or all indian classical music so but the context the work that the people who are working with um helen from the university the contextual historical research to, is going to be really important to put that historical context around the music absolutely um I, I don't really want to go too technical. I can, I can easily do that. You just lose everyone. And I sort of want you to, but no, let's keep. <laughs> yeah. Unless you know about the, this kind of music, you, you'll, you'll be lost. So basically, the Prabandh project is to research what Prabandh is, the different forms of Prabandh. Uh, it's a vocal style. We know that for sure. And there are two strands of. indian classical music in that respect one is nibad and anibad nibad means um structured anibad means unstructured so there's no sort of limits uh, uh, rhythmic structures to it nibad means structured there's a form there's a rhythm there's um, a chorus a verse and bridge and whatnot but and that's what prabandh comes under is a structure form of singing so prabandh means it's pre-structured and there's various elements that make it distinctive from the rest of sort of other forms of music and that's what we're going to discover over the course of the project are the different elements of that particular style of prabandh why it makes it different from other forms of music and how that form of music influenced the future development of music like drupad and further along the lines from the 16th century khyal and dhamar and various other styles of music and uh, and the rhythmic aspect of that too that's fascinating and how how is that going to happen how what are you going to look it up on the internet or 
Uh, we can all do that. But <laughs> actually, we're very fortunate to have a foremost masters and one of the other, we'll have three masters who will give the expertise of Brabant through interviews, which uh, participants and uh, the, you know can join in and listen to and, and contribute and ask questions. In fact, send their questions in and join us. And they'll give us their expertise. Uh, three interviews over the course of six months. So the first interview will be their introduction and their history of music and their learning process and their knowledge of Prabhupada and various other styles of music. And of course, that will be put online. And then the participants can put their questions forward of what they would want to know and their aspects of, of music. And then the second interview will be to have a demonstration and explanation of the different forms of Prabhupada and how that makes it different from Drupad say, which is the closest form to Prabhupada. People will actually get to hear how it sounds. That Absolutely. And the, fascinating, and the great thing is we have three artists, so we'll get three different perspectives, very different perspectives, because oh. uh, Kankanaji is uh, actually a Kayal singer, but how she interprets the Prabhupada in her Kayal singing which is a more sort of contemporary style of singing. And the other one of um, the, the, the masters is Afsal, who is actually, we're very fortunate because he derives from a Drupad family, from the Dagger brothers, those who know music uh, and uh, the history will know the Dagger brothers is a foremost family of Drupad. So we're very fortunate. And I, I actually met him about 20 years ago. We performed at the same place in India. And... Um, so he's um, going to be giving an interview and, and his expertise. And he, because Padrupa comes from Prabhupada, he'll have a, a real insight to that. So we're very fortunate to have him. These are really unique opportunities for people Absolutely. to find out more from the, from the people who know. Um, Timetabling-wise, when, when is this going to happen? Initially, um, because we want as many people to take part in this research, and Drum and Brass are offering um, training in um, gathering oral history and then um, from the, the Leicester University expert. And then um, I'll be giving a, a training session on the fundamentals of Indian classical music, just to give a, a basic idea of what, what music is in, in Indian classical form. And that will be our, uh, sort of July, I think, mm, July, August. Yeah. And the first interviews will take place in August and then have at least six to eight weeks gap before the next interview so we can gather more research and questions and participants to take part and contribute to the project. And again, the third interview will be answering all the research we've gathered, you know, from everyone, not just myself, but everyone taking part and have a sort of example and a demonstration from the experts to, to demonstrate how and what this music sounds like. Amazing. And what's going to happen to the research once it's gathered? Because is that, am I right in thinking that this is kind of the last chance to capture the information that is in danger of disappearing for good? Well, um, it is actually. In fact, just going back to the Prabhan tradition starting from the 5th century, it actually blo blossomed around the 13th century, it took it, you know, the peak. 
And then it started to die away with the influence of Dhrubhad and other forms and entertainment and, the, and that aspect. But there was a re revival in South Indian music around the 18th century to revive Prabhant, which didn't really take off because it already taken shape in other forms, contemporary forms of music. So it's actually just reminding everyone of the ancestral history sort of Indian music, where it is today and where it came from. So yes, uh, and, and that all that material and the interviews um, and the research material will be archived at the Leicester University Archive Library for future generations. And it'd be great, you know, as, if, as many people could take part in that research to get all aspects of the music, because if we only look at it from the sort of Indian classical music aspect, we might lose other aspects of that. So it'd be good to get other people's influences and ideas. There's a rich, um, a rich store of musical influences in Leicester, which is such a varied city. So, and a lot of music musicians exploring different and un unusual uh, avenues of music. So, there's a potential for something very special to come out of this research, which Absolutely. could lead to something new. It could do. Uh, I've been hoping that because actually this is just the first phase of this project. There's, uh, but of course, Leicester is so diverse and there's lots of different music. And the whole of UK has a very diverse sort of music culture, but we're opening up this to the world so we can, you know, anyone can join in from around the world. Um, That's an opportunity. So, but this, the second phase of this will be to take this research and actually put it in a context to to future generations to take it to schools and, and create music from Prabhupada in comparison to Western classical music and create new material. So yes, it, it's a kind of evolving project. That's really exciting. And I think coming from uh, my, my background of brass bands uh, and the knowledge that we are looking outside the, the traditional canon to look at new new influences for for contemporary music i think this is a very exciting project and there's going to also be a website since um harry's involvement always generates a, a lovely website Absolutely. um and that's where some of the um the actual research into the history of india the contextual history that's going to feed into the website and form part of the background of of the music online. So you're getting a whole picture there. What we what I'd like to see is the involvement of participants giving their perspective of music or their research from music evolving, you know, from around sort of medieval times from the 14th century, say. Uh, and how music was there uh, played then, how it was perceived, how it was taught, and how it was performed. You know what instrumentation was used, and it'd be good to get that perspective from the Western perspective. Yeah, also. that's a call out right there. So anyone, any historians, music students, music um, archaeologists, here's a place for your for your work to come together with other people's work and this valuable really valuable piece of research. So it really is, yeah. and, uh, because actually, 
Uh, you're talking about, you know, looking up on the internet. There's very little available and even oh, no, less available. There's, there's nothing in, nothing yeah. in English. <laughs> very little, yeah. But there's absolutely, you know, maybe one less than 1% of actually performing it and hearing it. So well, that's the that's the opportunity we have to actually hear Prabhupada being performed on this project and getting a better understanding. But we'll only understand it if we follow the project and understand what we're trying, what we're listening for. Yes. Uh, if you don't follow the project and just can and join us at the end to hear Prabhupada, you won't know the difference and what you're listening to. But if you join the project from the beginning and take the journey with us, then yeah. you'll have a better understanding when you hear the music being performed to see what makes it different. And that that's a fantastic opportunity and a quite an, a unique opportunity. And we will be adding to the end of this podcast um, some times and dates uh, for some of the first workshops so that if anyone would like to get involved, um, they can. And of course, going along to the Drum and Brass website will give you some more information as well. The only thing, the fact that uh, participants can contribute financially through the crowdfunding <laughs> to the project. Yes, at Crowdfunder. That's, um, we'll have details of that as well. And that, that money will go to a very good cause. And you'll be part of music history. What, what, what more do you want out of life? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it really is history because it will be archived for, for you know, for, for yeah. years and for future and people future to research and find out. Yeah. So it's, it is exciting. It is a journey. And I'm really pleased. Thank you so much for sparing your time today to talk right. about it. Pleasure. But I, I mean, the fascinating thing about this research project is that I'm, I'm no expert, uh, as you, and you sort of kindly mentioned earlier, but I'm no expert, but also a student. So this is a journey of learning for me too. Uh, so that makes it really exciting that we don't know what we will find. It um, is a mystery, true mystery, journey of adventure. Yeah, so it's really exciting to see what we'll find. We don't know. Yeah, watch this space. Yeah, <laughs> but for one, one thing for sure is this is uh, unprecedented in the sense that, you know, no one has, uh, in the, so outside India, done research on Prabhupada. So, uh, you know, congratulations to Drum and Brass for taking this up and, and pursuing with it. And we hope we can do justice in the, in the, in the research and uh, this form of music for future generations. been listening to sounds of a podcast created by drum and brass a community interest company focusing on music for community well-being with safety inclusivity and diversity at its core thank you for listening and if you've enjoyed this episode please subscribe and you'll hear about the next episode as soon as it drops and to stay up to date with regular posts and articles on this and our other projects you can find us on twitter at brass underscore and on instagram and facebook you'll find us by searching for Drum and Brass. And check out our website, drumandbrass.co.uk. Our special thanks go to our guest, Pritam Singh, for offering his time for the interview, to our funding partners, the National Lottery, to our producer, Davina Wilson, 
our technical support John Sinclair and to you for listening today. Drum and Brass, putting music in the community and the community in music. Thank you.